Martial and Lingard going on. Paris Saint-Germain could save David De Gea. But Presnel Kimpembe up from the back. And he's gone all the way through and in. Di Maria. Mbappe going through the middle. Mbappe! By Pogba and Danny Alves, which brings a second yellow card, which is a red. So where does this leave the tie? You've got a mountain to climb in Paris now. Yeah, but mountains are there to be climbed, aren't they? Well, how do you see it going? Is there any chance for United, Real? There's always a chance. It's football, so... But you don't really think it's going to happen, do you? I can't. I'll be very surprised. Well, it looks like mission impossible for Manchester United with at least two goals needed tonight for the quarterfinals. And there's a back ball. Here's the chance. It's Lukaku. And he's around the goalkeeper. And he's squeezed it in. And what a start that is for Manchester United in Paris. Hello, welcome back to the Reds of the West podcast. We've been away for a couple weeks, but we are glad your ear holes are listening to us two idiots. I'm Sumner. And I'm Brandon, and I like cookies. And Brandon, we have had a lot happen over the past uh, two weeks since we've last recorded. We had the Copa America final. We had the Euros final. We've had transfers complete. We have had transfer smoke screens everywhere. And you got to go to Hollywood Studios, something that you were very excited about through your text messages, it seemed like. Um, yes, thank you for your and... advice. <clears throat> thank you for your advice while I was standing in oh, line. Absolutely. Yeah. So And my wife and I celebrated our four year anniversary on the fourteenth or on the fifteenth. Okay. Hope she doesn't listen to that. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you might be in the doghouse. Fifteen. Uh, congratulations. That four Thank years. You. Five years is next year. That's a milestone, right? I mean, every year is a Let's milestone, go. but five years is like an you know a special milestone. But it, yeah, it's been two weeks. But I think well, it hasn't really been two weeks. It's probably been a week and a half ish. But um, I'm kind of glad that we took well, the since break. Since we last talked. I would say, like, I would say it's been two weeks since we've sat down and talked, but probably a week and a half since the last episode came out. Yeah, and so, yeah, but the good thing we did take a break because I couldn't have recorded, like, right after watching the Euro final. Oh, yeah. so bad. That was tough. That was was tough. Like, it, it was almost as bad as I felt after watching United lose on PKs to Villarreal sickening it was it was that bad i was upset for you know and i wasn't really that invested in the arrows but as you get to the final you kind of pick a team you want to win and they're there i mean they were knocking on the door they were well let's let's dive into it so uh, england italy the euros final we had England go up early. England came out with it. Let's before we get into how the game went. England came out, in my opinion, with uh, three attackers and seven defenders. <laughs> what were your thoughts? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I can't delve into this too much because it's my first. It's my number one. It's like the one thing I decided I wanted to talk about today. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's just say I was disappointed, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that England has like some of the best attacking talent in the world, and to sit back like that is ridiculous. 
Oh yeah. Well, I think we said it before the sh- uh, before our last show. England has the far more talented squad, but Italy was the better team. Like I think that's. Well, I mean, England's a great team. They reached a final. That's nothing to scoff at. Especially they've been making headway. That's my opinion. Is you know, I wouldn't say a, I wouldn't say that they roster. I wouldn't say. But by, by the way, I did choose Italy. If you remember, I chose Italy oh, to yeah, win I the Euro England. at the beginning, um, and then I said my sleeper team was the Netherlands. But Italy won. I don't well, think. Hey, congratulations it. on picking that right. <laughs> I think we made a bet. I think you said. I think we said we were going to buy each other dinner. I don't know how that's going to happen, but anyway, uh, yeah. I don't think Italy has less talent than England. I think they're very well matched. I just, I just think that they they were out coached. <laughs> I don't think the coaching. I don't think the coaches were on a level playing field. I think the Italy's coach is much better. Well, yeah, Gareth Southgate. He he played scared the entire tournament. He played, I mean, s- scared for his job, you know? Like, I've got to do whatever I can to save my job, save my reputation, instead of releasing the lions, so to speak. Like, instead of opening the cage, letting the lions out, he was just like, defense, 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 defense. I'm not going to trust any of the attackers I have or this let any of them create. So that was my my thought. Let's just say when they went up, when when it worked, like when his formation worked for him. Is that did you know that was the only shot they registered on goal? Mm-hmm. And it was two minutes into the game. So for a hundred and eighteen minutes, they did not register one more single shot on goal. <clears throat> England. Yeah. So that right there so i'm gonna tell you that was the most important the most upsetting thing to me let's just get into my first thing okay all right mr southgate you deserve to be fired i i i can't stand you anymore i can't stand a man who has talent and won't use it i can't i can't and then uh one he's set up in a very negative fashion when he's got some of the best players in the world on his team two uh he didn't he then, and when he decided to make a substitution and change the formation, he brought in a 19-year-old who had never played in a big game in his life. And then three, when it came to penalties, he subbed on Rashford and Sancho in the last minute of overtime so they could take a penalty. And guess a what hurt happened? Rashford. Yeah, a hurt Rashford and a cold Sancho, and then they're going to shoulder the blame. And then you, and then you let. Okay, so you got Grealish on the field who, by the way, said he would take a penalty kick, and you, as the manager, chose to let a 19-year-old in the Euro final take the decisive penalty kick against the best goalkeeper in the world. So this is what I have to say about this, and I've said it to a lot of people. I've said it during my streams to people who ask me about soccer and ask me about how that all went down. I do not stand for the racism, racism at all. Absolutely not. It's atrocious. I wish racism, racism would go away. In fact, and, I, I, but, would, I would actually say that I want it to not exist so much that I would prefer not to even have to talk about it during our podcast, honestly. Exactly. But sadly... But that's, in my nasty, opinion, that is Southgate's fault. It is not... It, it is, is Southgate's fault. And so, Sokka, 
is probably a great player. You know, great human being. Um, clearly a better footballer than I, you and I could ever hope to be because he's playing in the Premier League and getting paid to play soccer. Yeah, but while he he's was on the field. 19 years old. Hey, look, while he was on the field, did he show you something that made you think he was better than Jaden Sancho or Jack Grealish? No. Or, or and Marcus so this Rashford. is where he was very disconnected from play. He looked shell-shocked while he was out there. And but he's 19. You, you yeah, would he's think. He w- he's never played in a final. He plays for Arsenal. Yeah, they don't, and, they don't and honestly, important games. it just it sucks. I feel for him. I salute him for being a professional footballer and having. I mean, he still showed. You know, he w- he he was in that game, like disconnected or not. He was on the field. He was good enough to represent his country in the manager's eyes. Um, it's not his. But fault. a nineteen-year-old, no. But but it's at nineteen, I mean, when you have Sancho on the bench, yes, Sancho's only twenty-two. Um, I think you, and when you have others on the bench as well, who are rearing to go, you don't put that kid in and you don't put that on him. Like, here's the, here's just, the other thing. Here's the other thing. The most <clears throat> statistically speaking, and I, I even wrote this on the Twitter account and actually had a bunch of people like, like the comment who I didn't even know. <clears throat> so it was getting passed around Twitter, Twitter, but I was so confused. Statistically speaking, if you're a manager, you should understand that statistically, you are your penalty your penalty takers are much less likely to score the penalty if you sub them on simply to take the penalty because they're cold. You need yep. to give them, you know, 15 20 minutes on the pitch so that they can get the juices flowing, you know, get into the game and get their mind focused right. You can't you can't sub them on in the last minute of the game and expect them to be ready to take a penalty. And, and good on them for volunteering to take a penalty, knowing that they were cold. But is it fair to them? No. 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 The, the blame for the loss is 100% on Southgate. The players played admirably. Southgate set them up for failure by having them play park the bus after they scored. They should have gone after it more. Um, I one hundred. We're talking one hundred eighteen minutes of parking the bus. Yeah. one hundred eighteen. And minutes. I hundred percent think that the Chilani horse collar is a direct red. Like that is that was the most bullshit call. I'm just gonna say it. Like that I saw during that game. It's like he just seriously horse collared Sokka. You know, yanked him back. So I know. By I don't know much about you know the differences between a yellow and a red. Like. It can't be called a red card unless he is denying a scoring opportunity. It only counts as a scoring opportunity if no one else is behind you, right? If he has a free run mm-hmm. at, the, at the goalkeeper, so it's not a it's not a straight red. Well, it's because it's not violent conduct, right? You can pull a guy down and it's not violent conduct. I would call what I saw on the screen as like in basketball terms a flagrant foul. Like that was he one hundred percent. That wasn't on accident. It wasn't like he was just nudging the guy or giving him a light jersey pull. Like he grabbed, and if you look at the stills online, oh, he, he grabs his yeah. And and so in my book, it's like that was dangerous but, play. To be fair to you the know? ref, I mean he wasn't calling fouls the whole game. It's like right. he it's like he watched the South American final. <laughs> prior right. to he's like we're not doing that <laughs> i'm not gonna allow that and and but it was almost to the extreme where 
Italy then felt like they could do whatever they wanted and get away with it. And they did. Right. And that dictated mm-hmm. play. And that was that's another thing that wasn't fair necessarily with England, but England could have recognized it themselves and done some things. <laughs> you know what I mean? They like could have. they kind of the players on the field kind of failed to recognize so I, I in Italy's favor, they had a bunch of wily veterans on the field who had played in big games prior, and they knew that they had access to do whatever they kind of wanted to do. So they did it, and they won. So you kind of look at England, you're like, man, you you should have probably <laughs> taken advantage yeah. of that a little more because your opponent did, and it cost it cost you because you ended up losing to them. Um, do I think that's a red card? I kind of texted you, didn't I? I was like, uh, isn't that a red yeah. card? Like, I was like, I, I know there's a guy back, but. But the thing is, is that would be considered, uh, I would, I would classify that in the same realm as dangerous play, you know? Well, you don't know 100%. what's going to happen to the guy when you pull him down like that. You know, you don't know how he's going to land. You could in effect injure the guy. You know right. what I mean? Like the way it's, Sokka it's a flagrant was, he was foul. Kind of, like he meant to do that. And so that's where I'm like, okay, that should have been a straight red because there's, there's just no excuse, you know? But like both feet were in the air. <laughs> that's how bad it was. Like, yeah, it was yeah. bad. Um, that so. said, uh, England would still have to score a goal to win the game. Yep. <laughs> Even against the and, 10 man Italy, you know? And, and so you're, you're kind of looking at them like, <clears throat> Your formation, Eric Southgate, needed to be something along the lines of a four four two or a four two four or a four three three. Instead, you played a three five two. Is that right? Was it a yeah? 3-5-2? It was a three five two. But most of, I mean, you had Luke Shaw in the midfield. Luke the Shaw. Luke game. Shaw scored your goal. Right, right, right. And that's no knock on Luke Shaw. At no. all, but and and honestly, he makes deep runs for United all the time. But what is he? What is Luke Shaw? He's a defender, He's right? Back. He's, and I mean, he. I I would con. I mean, you could contest that. Yes, he's a wing back, but still, there was so many defensive-minded players in the middle of the park. It was sickening. And I think I texted you, and I was like, "Well, three offense." seven defense i'm pretty sure i texted you that i was just like it was bad like i was i was truly upset i when i saw the lineup i mean i liked that he had Trippier on in the lineup i did mm-hmm. i i didn't like that he had three at the back um no i didn't like i didn't like that he he i mean <clears throat> shouldn't you go after your opponent in a final I mean, yeah, well, did you did you show up to win? So much, yeah, if this meant so much for that country, if this meant so much for England, like if I'm the English fans, I'm burning down Southgate's home. Don't do, actually do that, but um, I'm that mad. I'm that mad because they didn't go after it, and they're all sitting there singing "It's Coming Home." If I'm Gareth Southgate, how does that not resonate with you when your country is so excited? That something big for them is happening for the first time in a long time, like a tournament final. How do you not sh- say, like, okay, screw it. We're going to unleash the beast, you know? Let me ask Leave you this. no I, stone unturned. My question Ugh. for Eric Southgate was, or Garrett Southgate, sorry. Is that right? Anyway, Southgate. My question for him was, did you really believe you were going to win one nothing in a final against Italy? Because you set up to win one nothing 
in a final against Italy. After you scored the goal, you did not you put everybody behind the ball. So you set up in such a fashion to where you thought for 90 minutes of football, you were going to keep them from scoring for 90 minutes. Best team in the world right now. You're going to keep them from scoring for 90 minutes. No, you needed to you needed to match what they were doing. You needed to not sit back and try to absorb pressure against the best team in soccer. You needed to actually take and say, what are our strengths? What's our strengths? But the, but Southgate ha- hadn't been playing their strengths the whole tournament, so why would he change, right? Right. His his biggest blunder, because his players were good enough to get him to PKs, they kind of papered over the cracks of his poor decision, and they get all the way to PKs, and then he screws them into PKs with the decisions that he makes. Like he oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> like, somehow. Sure Jack Grealish is still going to be fuming about not getting, like, you see, you Not see his his comments on Twitter. No, what he his saying? comments on Twitter is like people were people were ragging on him for not wanting to take a penalty kick, and he's like, for all of you doubters out there, I actually volunteered to take that kick that Saka took, and the coach overruled me. The coach overruled him, so Saka kicked the kick at the coach's behest, not at not at the player's behest. I think I think you make that you give that decision to the actual players on the field, your your senior players, yeah, like your Harry Maguire's or your um, Harry Kane's. You say captains make the decision, and and you lay it on the players. You don't you don't, especially especially if you're going to take a 19 year old and put him on the field and then expect him to make the decisive penalty. In a penalty shootout against the best goalkeeper in the world, I mean. Let's so now, mi- if it was a 19-year-old Kylian Mbappe, I would, you know, like. But then again, Saka's not Mbappe. You know, he's not. You know, he's not. He's, he's not your best player on the team, which Mbappe no, is. You know? No, and and that's the thing is like, he he is really there. Like he probably did earn his spot in the coach's eyes, but then again, he is being played. I think the whole tournament, we were hearing it and saying it the whole tournament. Why is he constantly starting over other people? Not just Sancho. We're not just, you know, because we're a United podcast. We're not just, you know, pushing for Sancho because he's one of our boys. Like, just like, why? Well, I'm pushing for Sancho because of his record. Exactly. And then the one time you do put him on the field, he goes rampant on you, you know, on the other team. So I, uh, I just don't understand why you don't unleash the dogs and just go for it in a final. You know, they score exactly. on you right away, then you get... I mean, if they if they start looking real dangerous against you right away, like you, you're not actually going back and forth with them, and they actually look like they're going to overtake you, then, then then kind of shuffle back, you know what I mean? Like, and, and reset, and rethink, and, and play <clears throat> play in the, um, the different fringes of the game. Like, in the beginning, you play maybe more attacking, and then if it doesn't work out your press doesn't work out the way you're you're wanting it to, then you kind of back off for a minute, think about it for 15 minutes, and then say, okay, we're going to change the formation, or we're going to put this guy here, we're going to do this, we're going to change that, and then move into a different mindset for that middle portion of the game, right? So then you're kind of playing the chess game with the other coach, right? There was no chess game going on. Gareth Southgate just kind of said, no, I'm not, I'm not even going to put my players on the board. I'm just going to never move my pawns. Right. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. It's like it's like when you're playing checkers, 
and the guy you're playing never moves any of the pieces on the back. I mean, have you ever played a guy who just, he'll refuse to move any of his pieces from the back line so you can't get a king? Genius, right? Genius because you can't lose that way, but then what happens when you lose all the players that aren't in the back? Then you got to move them. Exactly. You can't win that way. Right. And so what ended up happening, that's exactly what happened. Can you tell me that's exactly what happened? So, And Southgate should know better. Oh, he 100%. Should he should know He's better. He's an international manager. He should know better. I mean, anyway, so um, I don't think he deserves a new contract with England. I know they're going to give it to him, but I don't think he deserves it. No, not I think, at all. I think, I think a mediocre coach could have taken that crew to the final because they're really good. Yeah. Did you see the uh, uh, side note? Did you see the penalty that Harry Kane took? Or Harry, sorry, Harry Maguire. Yeah, he's going to be competing for Bruno's spot as the PK taker. <laughs> he that was a piss missile. <laughs> piss missile. <laughs> he destroyed the camera in the upper left hand corner of the goal yeah. or whatever. It was just like the best. Uh, when he stepped up there, I'm like, why is Harry Maguire taking it? I've never seen the dude take a penalty kick, and then, then he showed us like, why. Oh, then he showed us why. Right. Oh, because I practice 24 seven at home, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but <clears throat> that said. Um, when you're watching penalties like that, you're like, oh, wow. Uh, our, our keeper did everything, just about everything he could have done to win us the game. Right? Yep. I mean, to be fair, like, he did much better than I thought he was going to do. He's just a much small. He's like a smaller goalkeeper. He's good, but he's just smaller. When Donnarumma for Italy was standing in the goal, he's when you monster. looked at him, did you think anyone was going to get a, <laughs> a ball by that guy? He's six six or some crazy thing. Like he looks like he fills up the entire goal. Like he literally. Yeah. Um, and so that right there is the telling portion of the playing for penalty kicks or playing for penalties. Southgate has got to understand their goalkeeper and who who it is his players are going to be up against when you go to PKs. If you play to peak, if you play to PKs, you are putting yourself in a bind with that goalkeeper. Yep. And I'm just going to leave it at that. If he didn't know that, then he probably shouldn't be a manager. Yep. So I'm going to leave it right there. Uh, I was really upset. That was. I was really upset. Yeah, well, I felt like England could have won the game, and I felt like oh, it was absolutely, their coach, their coach was out. Absolutely. That was that was my number one as well. So. Nice to know we're on the same page. What was your number two then? My number two is, and we kind of bleeped about it, but um, the uh, potential FIFA rule changes that they're they're demoing. Yeah, yeah, they're no, demoing. So, so I need to eat crow um, because I think I told you that that was just a rumor and it wasn't something FIFA was actually doing. And then I looked it up and it was all confirmed by like multiple sources. I was like, oh. Yeah. Sumner's right. <laughs> so, so what are the rules that they are demoing? So some of the big ones that they're going to be demoing is doing two 30-minute halves, and when the ball goes out, um, the clock stops. Then they're also testing uh, direct kick-ins off of – or direct dribbling in off of uh, corners on restarts for free kicks um, – free head dribbling like just like the restarts on the team not on the referee 
Um, so the ball doesn't tests, have to be placed. Yep, the ball doesn't have to be placed. And another one of note that I saw, and there's probably a couple others, but there was kick-ins instead of throw-ins. Any of those that you like? No. <laughs> no? I think I think uh, the... it's Oh, and I'll preface this. All of these rules that FIFA's uh, proposing are in the mindset of we want to make the game faster. Why would you want to make it faster? It's only an hour. And it's the fastest game on the planet right now. They so they want to make you can't um, watch. I, I I think like faster and shorter, more exciting, and so for me, go ahead. You actually you go ahead, and then I'll share my thoughts. So I I'm thinking of all the other sports. Can you watch an NCAA football game in less than four hours? Nope. Can you watch an NFL football game in less than three hours? Heck no. Can you watch an NBA basketball game in less than four hours? Nobody, nobody, nope. So, can you watch a cricket match in less than eight hours? <laughs> Megatron. So, it's the only sport we watch wherein we can dedicate, you know, I can actually look at the wife and say, well, I'm going to watch a soccer game, and it's only two hours. You know, she, she, she's like, okay, well, it's only two hours. So, it's we can like do something movie. after that. Right. Yeah. And so, she's kind of okay with it, whereas if we're watching NCAA football, you, you devote the That's whole day That's the whole day, it. yeah. Yeah. So I think that I think that wanting to speed it up is, I I mean pace of play yeah the only rule that I really agree with there that might change is is allowing the players to place the ball and take off with it, rather than the the referee stopping play, I that's the one I, that's the one I could see working, the kick ins from the out of out of bounds might ruin the game. Well. That's going to be my point of contention, p- possible contention. Which one? So, so first of all, let me say all these rules will just slow the game down more. If you're moving the game from 90 minutes to 30-minute uh, halves or to 60 minutes, you're still going to have about a two-hour, you know, hubaloo. Like, the, there's about 15, 20 minutes in there. It's chess. It's chess. That's what soccer is. It's chess. You and you hit it like in that 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 extra time. Man, I had it so beautifully worded in my mind coming into this and now I'm just blanking on it. But that extra time is extra moves. You know, it's the chance for that other team if they're down to get themselves out of the hole. And if it's, I, I, I just feel like you're taking that time away. And if anything, you're going to make a soccer game longer. And it, it's, in my mind, all of these rules will end up in the long run making the game longer. Like even kicks off of, um, even even if they don't have to place the ball on a spot for a free kick, I feel like something's going to always happen where, oh, a defender's going to make... Oh, and that was the other rule, is uh, f- five-minute timeouts on yellows. Um, oh, you mean you make the player sit out? Yeah. And kind of so like, ho- like in hockey. Yeah, like and I'll, I'll, hit that one, I'll hit that one separately. But these other ones, you're making the game slower because something's always going to come up or, like, on a kick-in, it's going to be like, okay, let's get everybody up now. This is an indirect free kick. Um, you know, and then you're also going to have the ref saying, like, you have to stop the ball back here, you know, because they give a lot of leniency with letting players run down the line from where the ball actually went out and where it can go back into play. Um, 
I have played futsal where the kick-ins work, you know, and it's very quick. Like, you don't have a lot of time to restart the ball. You have, like, seven seconds to get it in play, and that's it. And so if there's a timer, I could could see it be feasible. But, again, none of these rules I'm sold on. The, so I would like to make an argument for the stoppage of the clock when it goes out of bounds. Mm-hmm. I actually think that would speed the game up. And so hear me out. Okay. okay. I think it would actually speed the game up because when a team uh, is trying to waste time, right? Yeah. The ball goes out of play and they'll just meander their way and take a bunch of time to take a spot kick. Or if it goes out on a corner, I mean, it's 60 seconds gone at least, right? Right. But if you stop the timer. That's then true. they have no reason to do that, and all that time's safe, so you don't have to keep an injury timer, right? So, so then you have no, then there's no questions about when the game's over, right? But on the on the flip side, if you're trying to win the game, you don't ever want it to go out of bounds, exactly. and you don't want it, and you won't want to commit a foul. So that actually would make the game a little more exciting, in my opinion, because it would allow the other team who's behind to, you know. Um, one, the other team doesn't want it to go out of bounds, but they kind of want it to go out of bounds, right? So the, t- the clock will stop and they can actually think about what they're going to do. Um, I don't think there should be timeouts or anything like that in, in soccer, but I think um, that's an interesting thought. I think it would it would change the game in some respects. Like there wouldn't be time wasting. Right. Wouldn't be a, there would be no yellow cards for time wasting. Right. right. And you wouldn't. Go ahead. I, I can understand what you're saying there, like, and I can be in agreement with that. Um, I see where you're coming from. I'm going to move on to my 2B, which is talking about, and I just thought of the last one, so unlimited subs and the five-minute timeout on yellows. Unlimited subs, I'll toss off real quick. In America, up until MLS, it's pretty commonplace that you get unlimited subs. Like, even on the junior college level in which I played, like, it was, you know, unlimited subs. So it's nothing new for me, you know. Let, um, me, let me ask a question about that. So, like, in, in college, is it more like an NHL substitution? Like, you don't have to actually stop and waste a bunch of time to sub a guy on? No, it, it's, it's the same as in a professional football match. You know, they... But you can come back in. Right. But you go to the board, you check in like basketball, you know, you go to the board, you check in and then, you know, you have to wait until the dead ball for your team to check in. Well, I I think if you had unlimited subs, I I feel like you should just take the check in away. (laughs) So just like sub on the fly. That's how the NHL does it. They'll call for a line change and just everybody's jumping on. They'll say they'll, they'll have like a certain line. They'll say. Um, they'll have already determined who's like pregame. They've already determined who's coming on the field for who, right? Mm-hmm. So they'll have lines. They'll say, okay, right now I need to see a different look on offense. So I'm going to change these two players for these two players, and those two pl- and those players will already know who's going on. They'll just say A line or B line or whatever. So, um, so they just shout A line, and those guys will be ready to go in. They'll be warm and ready to go, and they'll hop in, and those guys will just run off the field. <laughs> but they can't go on the field till the other people are off the field. If that makes sense. And hockey, right. they just jump on the ice, and the other guys skate over and get off, and, and the game just continues. There's no stoppage in play or anything. It's just well, at and, your own. And that's that's tough because I think 
and I well actually maybe it's not because I do we do have a local hockey team here and they're actually pretty freaking good um and I guess line changes never affect the pace of play but when you have a field that big I don't know why you would have just spontaneous line changes like that you know um I feel like it just makes more sense to have the check-in, check-out. But at the same time, if you're talking pace of the game, it makes more sense to do a sort of sub-on-the-fly situation. Like, as soon as you're subbed in, like, the other person steps off wherever they are on the field. You know, they're off. but um, And they can't check back in until they go back to their respected bench. Because um, otherwise, it'd be hell. Uh, <laughs> but. Right. I just think if you have unlimited subs where someone has to check in every time in soccer, it's a lot of stoppage of play. Exactly. And so, but I feel like since soccer is more prim and proper and evolved over other sports that they wouldn't move into such savagery. I I think five subs is good. If we wanted anything from the pandemic, I think five subs would actually keep your players from getting injured more. Right, and maybe so and, and it's tough because there's not like a uh, NFL PA for like there's not really a players organization that can negotiate and say like they all do it on their own. That's their own negotiations, but there's no way for them to say to UEFA, "Hey, we want this." Well, um, so maybe, each each individual um league has their players associations. Oh, okay. I don't know if you knew that or not, but I, I know the Premier League at least has a players' association. Well, I I feel like in that case, like maybe the players could propose something like that of saying, "Hey, we're we want you know five or six subs because we're you know always getting hurt." Yeah, or not well, always. I mean, hurt, they but... are always getting hurt. The guys who play a lot are always hurt. I mean, it, plus you have guys who are made of glass like Eric Bailey, right? Yep. That dude's always hurt, but part of the reason is perhaps maybe play too much when he was younger, right? So, so I'm watching um, my dogs have a uh, a rumble. Uh, yeah, it's a Raw versus SmackDown event in my room, mm. in my uh, office right now. Well, did you have a two C? Uh, it would be the yellow cards. Um, and I think if I'm looking at more at hockey, it makes sense. But at the same time, I think we'll see weaker defending because you'll see players who are like, they, they would, sorry, going nuts. In here. Um, they would have to, sorry, everybody, no, you're all right. my lovely dogs throwing down. Um, they would have to adjust card accumulation, you know, they would have to do away with it almost because you would see a lot more yellow cards i would suspect a lot more yellow cards being dished out if there's that five minute but if they keep card accumulation you're gonna have defenders say like well i can easily pick up you know two or three yellows in the span of you know two or three games so that's my thought they would have to adjust that i would say in tournament style at least for the knockout stages, they should get rid of yellow card accumulation. Well, it just sucks because I feel like there's no cooldown time on it, really, and sometimes it's a really stupid foul, either the first or the second, but 
It just it just sucks. I'm not gonna draw it out, make it long winded. It just sucks. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's my TC. You, get, you got any more? Two D. No, I'm joking. Um, no, I mean like you got any more on, on your my number two. I'm gonna drop a deuce here, and nobody's gonna like me for it. But I realized when I was watching the Copa America final that I really hate South American soccer. I really, I think oh. I, I hate okay. like you have the best players in the world and they don't, they don't play. They try to so, hurt each other. Like they try to hurt each other or they try to get each other thrown out of the game and they spend the that's whole the time. the biggest thing I can attest to with playing in a big city and playing in leagues is it always seems like, and this is not a racial comment. It is strictly an observation, but South American, Central American players always seem to find a way to play more dirty than the rest of the world. And I mean, it, it was, and I can say that also because last year our co-ed league had an all men's South American team entered in it. The co-ed and, league? <laughs> what? And there wasn't yeah. a rule. So they, well, they had a girl on the roster, but the girl didn't have to show up. Well, but, that's, that, that should so be a we, forfeit. So we we played them in the final. Can I? Can you guess how that game ended? Oh, well, you lost. No, it right? ended in a it ended in a fist fight. Like really? quite literally, the game was called, uh, like in favor of them because they were up in the score. Most of our players got red carded. It ended in a fist fight. Sure, our players didn't act accordingly, but the reason why is because they were getting chomped, hacked, and just, like, thrown around like it was no one's business by a bunch of South American guys. So I would 100% yeah. agree. It's like, they're they're dirty. Like, the majority... I've met some that are not, but the overwhelming majority, they're dirty players. See, I, was, I didn't mind so much the... I mean, I mind the dirty play. It was the I'm gonna lay down on the ground every time you touch me, and we're gonna right. spend most of the game not really playing. We're so it's most it's of a, the game. It's a dirty combo because they're the first to lay down and cry and complain when something happens, but then they're the first also to cheap shot somebody. Oh, I mean, and I could see. I'm watching Messi like. The reason Messi is so good with the ball at his feet is because of the way they play in South America. Like, he wouldn't be so good in the European leagues unless he had learned to somehow avoid tackles. You know what I mean? Like, keep the ball and not get injured and avoid getting nailed all the time. Um, and that's that's part of their game. That's how they play, and uh, you know that's their style. You know, and I'm not gonna. I'm not. It's not. It's not racial or anything. That's just the way they play. Um, You're gonna get so pooped on for this. Someone's gonna cancel. Someone's someone's gonna cancel us. But their but, style of play. If you're if you're a soccer fan, you know it's different, um, and it's much different than than even the style in Europe. So like, and I would say the Italian style is different than the English style. For well, sure. and the American style. So, I mean, as Americans, I can proudly say our style of play is very archaic. And, like, we're in the Stone Age of soccer still compared to other countries. Like, I can say that. Uh, we, d- we need to learn how to lay down better. <laughs> yeah, but like, we need to learn how to feign injury a little bit better. It, it is. And, and so, like, I, will, I fully understand Americans have their, you know, quips about them. But 
in all the experience I've had with playing against people from South America and all other countries, I'm not just going to say, oh, it was only Brazilians or only Argentinians. Like I've met some wonderful people from that country, those countries. So if you're listening, just bear in mind that this is just a blanket about soccer. Yeah, it's a it's just about soccer. It's not those people because like I've played against guys who are incredibly dirty during the game, but then they're the first to lend you a hand in town. Like, yeah. oh, absolutely. This is, it's not, so we're not this talking is about not their, an attack. This is, talking this about, is purely, we're just talking about yeah. soccer. Yeah. Um, I, so would anyways, say, I would say it's the same reason. I mean, for the same reason I don't like watching South American soccer, I don't like watching the NBA anymore because they cry yeah, about fouls all the time in the NBA now. They don't play hardly. Right. It's all, it, I mean, like uh, this year they were a little bit, they, they they started going back to the old school and you could actually foul somebody and not get called all the time or you could you could drive the basket and not get the call every single time like you think you should or something like that um, but uh, it's just the way that they talk to the referees the way they um, you, you know it's it's just it's different they're trying to get an edge mentally in a way you know, and, and so you can applaud them for, for being successful at that with each other. But to be fair, it's not very much fun to watch. Right. Right. And so that I just realized while I was watching, I was like, I, I don't really want to watch this. <laughs> I want to see yeah. who wins, but I, uh, I really, this is not enjoyable to, to watch. It's like the worst soccer I've ever watched. Um, there's nothing beautiful about it at all. It's not like the 1980, mid-1980s Colombian soccer team who were like the best team in the world where you're watching it just free-flowing. We're going to drill you soccer. We're going to just score on you all day. It, it, it wasn't that. It was we're going to try and hurt each other or try and get each other thrown out of the game. Um, we're going to spend all game, all 90 minutes, trying to do that. And then one team's going to win one nothing. Right. Because we can't keep a flow of game going so um that was my number two do you have a number three number three oh we're kind of getting into transfer waters are we okay to go into transfer waters you can but i'll warn you that doesn't maybe i should do my number three first let's do your number three my number three is guitar or cutter (laughs) you know what i'm getting ready to say don't you you know what i'm getting ready to say don't you Oh yeah, they are. They're playing in the Gold Cup because they don't have a. They have to play in, in in a tournament prior to FIFA World Cup being in their country, so they join the Gold Cup. How much? How I mean, how trashy is Concacaf uh, that they can just show up from Qatar, a tiny little country that doesn't have anyone on their team, and they can run away with their group. Well, it just shows how much of in the Stone Age we are still with soccer. They like, beat Panama. Yeah. They beat Panama, a team which the U.S. drew, I think, in the Nations League. Maybe we beat them one nothing with our best players. Okay, mind you. Um, and they beat Panama for nothing. <laughs> just throttled them. And you're like. How bad does CONCACAF... Now, I will give the caveat that some of those teams they're playing, their best players are playing in the Olympics right now. So they're not playing in the Gold Cup, which is why you're not seeing the best roster for the U.S. as well. They got U.S. players in in the Olympics. Or they're playing... They didn't qualify for the Olympics. 
we might not have, but our best players play in the Premier League or in the major European league, so they're not they're not going to play in the Gold Cup because they're getting. I mean, they're in training for their their new season. Because for whatever reason, the Gold Cup decided it needed to wait till July, middle of July, to run their tournament. Why? I have no idea. Not a clue. Right. But anyway, props. My number three is props to Cutter for showing up to a CONCACAF tournament, the Gold Cup, and and so far just killing it. (laughs) We must play in like the trashiest league in the world <laughs> when it comes to fifa qualifying <laughs> oh so i was uh i was listening to the Ma- uh the uh pat mcafee show and um they were talking about this and if you ever listen to them they're just very they speak what's on their mind and very gung-ho hilarious people um but they were talking about this because um they're talking about betting and so anyways long story short is they're like, well, Qatar is just over here throttling people in the Gold Cup and going to every uh, – they go to this tournament before the World Cup, you know, and they get a play in it. And so, anyways, um, they were all sitting there saying and, – and I, I thought it, this was a funny sentiment. They were saying, um, wouldn't it be funny if the U.S. went to the Euros, beat England in the Euros – and then they didn't play in that tournament again for so long. Like, how funny it would be. And I was like, that would be a, a hilarious sediment. And they were also on, like, the mind, uh, mindset of, like, we'd just go back and be like, hey, remember 1776? We're here to do it again. <laughs> so here, here's the question that needs to be answered, right? Why is a country like Qatar or Qatar, or I don't even know how you, spell, how you say it. I always thought it was Qatar, but they keep saying it Qatar, so I'll just call it that. But um, how is it a country like that gets to host a World Cup? They're not even attached to a qualifying group. They have to come play on the Gold Cup in order to be... I mean, they're hosting it, so they're in it, right? But the only reason they're in it is because they don't have a qualifying group in which they play their qualifying games. I don't understand it either. Um I also there's a lot of controversy surrounding it with all the deaths and all of the hub. Oh, they treat their yeah, and they treat their people yeah. poorly. Well, and the so, stadiums they're building will not get used for anything after the after it's over. I am I am excited to have a Winter World Cup. That's going to be awesome to be during Christmas time watching no yeah. soccer. I'm I'm super excited. Well, about I mean, that, I already, but... we already watch it <laughs> during Christmas oh, yeah. time with the leagues, but. It'll be a little bit more meaningful soccer. Um, yeah. My my biggest thing is they just don't. They have to create the infrastructure, and they've been creating it for over a decade now, in order just to be able to host it. And so, so I I don't I just don't think it's right or fair. Not that not that I'm speaking ill against the people of Qatar. It's just we're not expecting Honduras to host the World Cup, right? And they make it to the World Cup qualify. They qualify for it. So right? and they um, actually have some. They actually have some stadiums they could use at Honduras. Side but Honduras tidbit. will never host it. Do you have Amazon Prime? Yeah. So, did, have you watched the Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt? No, I haven't. So, in the movie, this is the only spoiler I'm going to get. It's very n- insignificant, I would say. But they're watching. Like it takes place during the Winter uh, World Cup, 
And yeah. in the final, it was France and Brazil. Of course, it was right. So, are we gonna have a? Uh, are we gonna have a Simpsons moment where they're like Chris Pratt knew he's from the future? <laughs> Maybe, but I look. But my question to you is: is if if Cutter gets to host the Olympics, how come a t- you know a country like Honduras can't? It, it comes down country. to the bids. It it comes down to the money and the bids towards FIFA. And Qatar is a very, very, very wealthy country, whereas Honduras is not. And so, so they're not able. So what to... you're saying is someone someone paid somebody under the table to get the. Bid. Oh, FIFA's corrupt. Everybody knows it. <laughs> May I remind you of one Sepp Blatter? Oh yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah. Sepp, 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 Money Banks. And I think they actually proved that even the Russian bid was messed up. Was right. like it was paid for. So the American bid, who, quite frankly, between me, you, and everybody else, were as equipped or more equipped to host the World Cup than any other country in the world. And the only way we got our bid accepted was if we joined with Mexico and Canada to host it. Well, and the nice thing about it for us is also because you do see – like, yes, they get the bids, like Brazil and uh, Russia. But in Russia, a lot of the construction wasn't done in time, you know? Um, which which but, begs the question, why does Russia need to build? I mean, like, Russia has stadiums. Why right, do they need to build one? But this is my point is, and you talked about it, like, these stadiums aren't going to get used. The Olympics, like, it, it's something that's not talked about enough. But these huge events crash infrastructure and economies they just do and it's it's not like saying like oh it's a villainous heinous thing like this is the the economies grow so much the economies grow so much because they're being stimulated by hey the olympics are coming so we're building all this infrastructure in order to make it so people are have jobs and are making good money while they're but once the olympics arrives and then disappears yeah guess what happens to all the jobs bye bye Uh, and, and now you can't exist that way anymore. So, um, so you're going to have a huge crash, which is yeah. why you would, which is why you would want to have the Olympics in, in a country that, that has the infrastructure to hold it. Same with the world cup. I would, I would argue now Brazil had the infrastructure. They didn't have to build any stadiums. Right. <laughs> right. So places like that, they, they're ready, they're ready to hold the world cup. So their bids should be taken more seriously. Like Mexico, I think Mexico could hold the World Cup all by itself, right? Same with Canada. But we weren't going to win the bid unless we put Mexico, U.S., and Canada together, right? Because we're three of the largest countries in the world, to be fair. I mean, we are three of the largest countries in the world. Um, And we have to use basically the entire continent to get the World Cup. (laughs) So I I just, I I think that that's neither here nor there it's just an interesting observation that one of the smaller countries in the entire planet is hosting a world cup and they had to build the entire infrastructure to make it happen it it all comes down to wealth that's my synopsis is it all comes down to who got paid what you know it doesn't come down to how beautiful your bid was because i mean we had morgan freeman on our bid for the olympics a couple years ago and we didn't get that bid like of course, of course we turn, did. I mean, who can turn down Morgan Freeman? <laughs> we've we've hosted. To be fair, we've hosted the Olympics we a few times. So, 
But um, I, I'm just saying, like, it's it's really an event that's sold to the highest bidder. Right. I, we've hosted the World Cup once, and we're the one country in the world I think that has the entire infrastructure to if to it support the tomorrow, economy. Yeah. If it happened right. tomorrow, we'd be okay. They could all show up tomorrow, and we could do it. I mean, we could run it. <laughs> all we need is some guy to draw up the, you know, to draw up the, the tournament, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, there's we, there's we, lodging. There's for not only the teams, but there's lodging, plentiful, bountiful. Like there's food. There, yeah, the infrastructure, it's all there. And so, anyways, my synopsis I on am. it is: it just comes down to whoever pays the most. But uh, Cutter, good on Cutter for playing well in our tournament yeah yeah so but you're ready to move into transfer stuff that that was your number three so the waters of transfer talk Mm, ladies and gentlemen allow me to fill your ear holes with some nonsense that i've cooked up in my brain overthinking too long while staining wood beans Wade in the water. Wade in the water, baby. Okay. Okay. A certain German striker has become unhappy at uh, Stamford Bridge. Okay. And there's Timo talks. Werner. There's talks of Chelsea also not, not liking what he's doing and they're already talking about launching a bid for Holland in fear of not being able to get him next summer with the fixed rate of 65 mil as his release clause and so there's a good chance it sounds like that Chelsea mounts a bid for Holland yeah I mean I I think I don't think Chelsea gets him if they wait till next year no. If they want him, they got to go get him now. I think United should go after uh, Timo Warner. We could probably use another out and out striker or center forward and let him learn let him learn from Cavani. You know, Let's imagine like yes, about, he is go ahead. What about Greenwood? They can both be there too. Cavani's not going to be around forever. You know. What about and, Martial? Oh, Martial's dead to me. <laughs> He's going to be on the team, and they're going to be playing him. So I want them to trade him yesterday. He's He's not going anywhere. Yeah. They're, I, paying, okay. they're paying him too much money. I just He's He's running that contract down. So I was thinking about it though, and I was like, okay, we're going to be really, really, really hurting for a striker come soon like we need another out and out striker you know Greenwood is still coming up seems like Werner isn't happy there it seems like former Germany or like players who have played in the uh, Bundesliga and I, I'll use Pul- uh, Pulisic as an example that um, have not gotten off with Chelsea's manager Thomas Tuchel swimmingly as of right now mm. and so there's a lot of friction and so in my mind I'm like okay if well, they what about Kai, Kai, Kai Havertz Kai Havertz is staying they've already said Kai Havertz right is but staying. he's he, he was from the Bundesliga and had quite a year last year right scored and, the scored the Champions League winning goal right but what I'm so what I'm getting at is you've got a guy who has a lot of potential 
you know, in Timo Werner. We've seen what he can do. Um, I just I, don't guess, th- I just don't think he was given a fair shake. Right, and so I, that's that's my thought is like, okay, what if we let them go after Holland? I know we're always complaining about getting the B side, but I kind of think this could be a sneaky move for us if we're like, hey, we'll take Werner off your hands. Here's some more I mean, cash to help fund your Holland bid. You know, what, have what's a fun different? Time. What, what's what's Timo Werner doing different than Anthony Marshall at center forward? Uh, I would go basically off mentality, and I guess that would that would be something you'd have to gauge. Is um, I just think, and I was also listening to our boys, the Reds of the West pod, or not uh, American Red Devils, um. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about this of just like his mentality when he's on the field. He acts like he doesn't want to be there. It's stuff that I've been saying. You know, it's like. Yeah, but when if, he's on. If, if he's he on. returns to form, he is on. But as of late, it's I'm going to just hammer down, double down on what I've been saying of. He just looks does to me not like, look like he wants to be there. It looks to he me like unless care. you play him center forward, he doesn't care. Right. He wants to play center forward. And so. so I think if you br- if you were able to bring in a Timo Werner, um, he's a young guy. You could probably get him to switch allegiances. Um, you're also – and if you're able to get Martial out, it helps with your mentality change of everything they're working with at the club in my mind is like, okay, well, if we know this guy has had a piss-poor attitude towards what we're doing here, like – Let's bring in someone that may be like, yeah, I want to continue in the Premier League, but this just isn't working for me here. Let me have a chance with you guys because that's that is a huge thing. Is United has also sucked because their mentality has sucked. I'm gonna say it like we've had so many people. I think back to all the videos of you know Jesse Lingard and Paul Pogba, you know, dicking around when we're in poor form, you know, and. Yes, they can be friends and have lives and everything, but in my mind, I'm just kind of like, those are two guys who are also, they look so disinterested when they're on the field for United. And I think Jesse's kind of woken up because he's been away from West Ham. And I know Lingard is also another possibility we have to throw in the mix. Um, but I think he woke so here, up. Here's, so here's, I mean, here's what I think. I think, I think Lingard had a pretty good preseason game the other day and he looks the part he's starting to look the part like his body type is different like he looks bigger stronger faster he looks more developed he looks ready and i think you know i don't know for sure because he they could still sell him the west ham but i it's not that deal's not happening until like the end of August, <laughs> right? That deal's not if it gets if it gets done, it's not happening until the end of August. And by then, he might have played for Man United several times. And if he's in good form, we're not we're not selling him, right? And especially with Marcus Rashford being out for a couple of months right. with surgery, we're not going to sell. It him. would be it would be like a January sale, right? If we sold him, so, so there's I, my number three with it. Um, Timo Werner, man, something man, to chew that on. Was, I'm not that was from I'm, out. Way out of left field. Way too much time sniffing paint. Um, 
we won't be buying a center forward this I don't think we're buying any any more forwards this summer. It was it's purely just a thought. Like I was sitting there thinking about it and I was like, Okay, well if uh Werner's not happy there, why not Manchester United come in and steal another Chelsea player? Um I mean he, he is fast and I mean he does good things off the ball. Like he makes good runs and stuff. It's it's just I just don't see him being any better than Martial. That's all. That's my opinion. That's my. That's just my opinion. We would. Mm. I think we'd just be throwing away money. But very um, well could be the case. Did you have any other transfer rumors you wanted to address? It looks like we're gonna get Veron. Sounds like we're getting Veron. I'm crossing my fingers on that one. It seems like we're following the game plan of getting some world beaters in. Again, until I see his shirt on the United website or the picture of him like passing the physical, I, it doesn't matter to me. You know? So I've been told. I've been told uh, Sancho hasn't been announced yet, but the deal's done. It's been confirmed by everybody. Even Dortmund confirmed it. Um, it's been. We're just waiting for them to, you know, pass out the video of him doing whatever he's doing for the announcement. Um, I've been told that's going to happen tomorrow. Let's go. Um, we'll see. Um, I've also I've also read uh, on the Discord, Varane is done, and he'll be a United player. Um, it'll be interesting to see how long that takes to like for all the media outlets to you know to catch up with and like announce it. Um, it'll be interesting. Like when's that? They'll say something like. I've been told the signal is when when you see a report like Man United makes take it or leave it offer to Real Madrid, that's when it's about to be announced. (laughs) (laughs) Because that means they've already decided. Um, It's just the media trying to get extra clicks because there's nothing new to report. It's it's done. Um, And and that's kind of where we're at right now. Everybody's reporting the same thing. They're reporting strange things like um, they're saying Man United threw in a low ball offer for $45 or something like that. Um, sources well, sources that I've read said we're going to sign him for $55 million. Um, and so Real's going to throw out a thread that says, yeah, we turned down the $45 million, then negotiated to 55 It makes sense, you know. And you want, as the you know as the guy who runs Real Madrid, you want to make it look like you fought for it, right? Well, and you also so, get, they also get money off of clicks. Both clubs get right. money off of clicks, and so the more they can draw this out and stay in the spotlight, the more money they're going to get there as well. But with Real Madrid being broke, it really is a take it or leave it, and especially if Ron's refusing to sign and he would walk for free next year. It's the same thing we're having with Pogba right now. Um, yeah, Pogba's not staying. No, I actually I think, just read it. I think he's. Did, uh, it's pretty done and dusted. He's going to PSG. Did you see the um, report today? Um, I did not. But There's I've a report been listening today that that, so long. that uh that United offered him 350k a week, and he turned it down. Yeah, he's he's ready to be gone. So I mean, if he turned down that, basically to be the top runner at United, if not if not the second, you know top earner um and you turned it down and well what he that wants, means is I, I don't think anybody's paying him more than that he wants 400k a week because all the reports i've been hearing is that uh psg is willing to offer him 400k a week and that's um 
And so I just don't I, think PSG. I just don't think PSG can afford that. I, I could be wrong. I mean, they could. Maybe they're so rich they can do whatever they want. But I, I think I that's just, what we're seeing with PSG is they can throw money into an endless pit and no one gives a shit. They were supposed to be getting held accountable uh, last year, but I don't think anything ever came of it. Well, they and got fined with, and just said, "Fine, we'll pay the fine and we'll just keep doing what we're doing." I guess. Right. Well, and with uh, COVID, I know UEFA has relaxed financial fair play a little bit. So, so what I'm what I would say is I think well they'd have to right transfers right. wouldn't be getting done but uh, I think if Pogba moves it'll be to PSG most likely to happen Pogba stays and runs his contract down to zero which is bad I mean it's bad for us to allow that to happen but no one's gonna buy him in this market no one's going to want to pay 60 million dollars for him and then have to pay 400,000 a week for him and do the signing bonus and blah blah blah. So, really his be- his best option, his most logical option is to run down that contract and then um sign on a free. Yeah. But because of that, we won't be able to use him for the last half of the season. You know why? Because he will sign well, and not only that, but he'll uh, have signed a he'll a pre-contract. pre-contract, and so he won't want to get hurt or risk getting hurt. I mean, so his his mind's somewhere his, else. So. Yeah, his mind's yeah. in it, and then he's also like, I can't put my body at risk. So he'll we'll have him half a season. He's got to go, you know. It makes sense. That's how I see it. I think. Um, yeah, I think that's – but I, I see it happening. Like, he'll play real hard for six months, and then the January transfer window will come. He'll sign a pre-contract, and then we'll have to stop playing him. Yep, <laughs> that's that's what I see going on with him. Um, as far as Varane, I think it's going to happen. Um, the midfield is going to be the one that's interesting to watch. I have no idea who the midfielder is going to be. I think it's going to be a name that hasn't been really discussed. I think it's going to be Camavinga. Um, so yeah, if it's Camavinga, we're we're going to buy another one, right? Because him. he's still young. Um, but at the same time, think, why why did we why do we have a mod? You know, if you know why why did we why do we have Donny Van de Beek if we need to bring in another midfielder? You know, like well, if we we're going to play if we're going to play three if we're going to play three midfielders. With two attacking midfielders and a center defensive mid, we're going to need the center defensive mid, and then we're going to need someone to sub. You know, we're going to need a rotational player to play in the other positions. Right. Well, I mean, Matic, so, Matic just got a uh, contract extension, um, and I know I've heard questions about why he doesn't play more. Yeah, I know he's older, but um, yeah, but he can do a job. He's like Michael he Carrick do, when Michael Carrick yeah. was at the end of his career. Yeah, and so he can do his job. Um, and so that's where I am like, okay, well, couldn't they uh, do Scott McTominay and, you know, Matic I mean, and I have mean, them rotate? They could. Because, they could. Because Scott McTominay, think... I'll, I'll double down on that too. I think Scott McTominay could easily fill that role as a central defending midfielder. He's got the build for it. He's got the speed for it. He's got the IQ. Like I read, I read a report today that, that uh, Ole wants to play him in a in a further advanced position. Really? Yeah, because oh. he scores goals. But so, man, I mean, Michael Carrick scored goals too. You know, no, like, no, Michael Carrick never scored seven goals in a season. 
And now McTominay has done it twice. That's true. Okay. So I think McTominay used to be a striker. No one ever talks about that, by the way. But um, so he's got a little bit of a nose for goal. And he scored some important ones. And uh, some beautiful huge, ones. Yeah. I mean, he scored a huge goal against Man City. Um, other transfers. I, Ruben Neves is a name that's been thrown around. I think that guy is. I, I like him. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, but plays for Wolves, scored some important goals against us. Yeah, um, is actually quite a player, um, in my opinion. I think he could. I think he could help us out. Is he like the the rock solid defender that we need? I don't know. Maybe not. Rock solid center defensive mid. I I don't know. Maybe not. Um, does he does he fill a gap in midfield? I think so. Um, yeah. it, um I think our bet. No one talks about Ndidi either. Uh, he's in his last year of his contract at, at Leicester City. He's 24 years old, and he and he's one of the best defensive mids in the Premier League. But I, the, we, I don't think we talk about like those two. Or, so I, I think I draw. But they're from the Premier League. They, they, they'll come with the Premier League price tag. You know that premium of selling them to someone who's probably going to win the league, and we all know how cheap butted. You know, United I is I read, like the. I board. think I read like Nevis was available for forty. That's not bad for basically what you paid for Donny Van de Beek. Yeah, I that's not bad. Uh, Saul from Atletico mm-hmm. Madrid. He's a real possibility from what I've heard. Um, there was talk of him going to Barcelona in a swap for Griezmann, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen. And so now. He's a real possible. He's really a possibility for United. Let's just um, bring Griezmann diff- to United. We just can't. I mean, we I'm, can't I'm pay just. His. I'm. I'm just. I'm seriously probably making someone mad listening because I'm literally just. Well, what position does it? That. What position does he play? I'm just trolling by saying it. Like I, I'm just sitting there throwing out like, ah, let's just bring so and so here. I mean, he's available because Barcelona have to offload him because yeah. of his salary. Um, but he's not going to want to take a pay cut anywhere. Nope. So he's just going to stay there. Problem is, I don't know if you knew this, the Spanish uh, the Spanish Super League has a salary cap now. Did you know that? That's why these teams are trying to get rid of players. It's why the Leo Messi contract hasn't been announced yet. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize the Super League was still a thing. See, no, sorry, not the Spanish Super League. So the Spanish Premier League. So they're League, making a whatever new... it is. No, oh, just uh, the whatever. La Liga. Is it the a- La, Liga. La Liga? That's it. Used okay, to be called like, like the Spanish Super League. I was like, but like, what in the world did I it, miss? I think it used to go to go by the Spanish Super League, and that's why I was. I could be just totally off base here, but anyway, um, they uh, La Liga has salary caps now. Okay. They're like the NFL, so they can't go over the salary cap. So there are so these big teams like Real Madrid, and that's why Real Madrid hasn't really signed anybody. They can't because they've already got they're already capped out. So <laughs> they got to get rid of players because of the salary cap, which is why you're seeing Varane go. Because Varane wants more money, and the contract they offered him wasn't enough, and United's offering way more. So um, that's why you're seeing all these exits from from La Liga and nobody and no incoming yeah players 
Um, also, COVID has really thrown a kink in. Barcelona has a billion dollars in debt. Yep. A, a $1 billion in debt. So transfers have been slow for Spanish sides this year. No big surprise. Well, you might see Kieran Trippier, Trippier in uh, United uniform too, by the way. Um, I'd be excited that about that one. Apparently that deal is getting warm. So I don't have anything extra to add. Um, we are over the hour mark. Not by too much, though. No. So uh, real quick, though, if you made it to this um, this far in the podcast, I'd like to give a shout-out um, to a friend of mine. His name is The Keb. Um, he runs a, a podcast called Keb Unfiltered. Um, he gave us a shout-out and uh, on his podcast, and he has a lot of listeners and we don't have very many, but um, if you need like a if you need like a change of things you're listening to, you might go and listen to his podcast. It's called Keb Unfiltered. Um, he listens to our podcast. He's not even a soccer fan. Isn't that funny? But really, huh. I'll warn you when you go, it is unfiltered. <laughs> the man is like a, a Ron White comedian. All right, so he's um, so his podcast is funny, but man, put some you know. Don't listen to it with the kids in the car or Put anything the like that. Put headphones in. Like, like well, some of his best podcasts are in the car with Kev, and you're listening to him yell at, you know, yell at the people on the interstate. So, um, but uh, he's a friend of mine that I met through work, and he's just been real supportive of us. And um, let's go. So I want to give him, a, I want to give him a shout out. And he was talking to us, you know, talking talking about us on his podcast. So, um. Um, also, you know, if you need more soccer in your life, you should go listen to the American Red Devils. Yep. We're in their Discord. Um, they're the guys there um, are really cool in the Discord. Like, you don't go into that Discord and get canceled or anything like that. They're just cool and calm and collected. And their podcast is real perfect. I think it's really good. I like their podcast a lot. They're a couple of fans, so they're kind of like us, but they're more they're they're more seasoned at it than we are. So they're committed. Um, if you need, if you need more, you congrats know, congrats on those uh, season tickets, by the way, uh, American Red Devils. Very, Isn't that very, insane? Very jealous. Very jealous. Uh, they've been waiting for like four years for those, and they got them. So uh, nice. We better anyway, get our names um, on the list. Yeah. Well, I don't have the money, so I don't even know what they cost. I should ask, but uh, we'll figure um, it out. Yeah, uh, but we do know where to go if we if we need to get some tickets. You know, just oh. ask them, hey, you got tickets like you're not using? Hit up for the boys. This game? You know? Yeah. Well, so we anyway, got to um, be friends with them first before we call them the boys. Yeah. We, anyway, if you're listening to our podcast, hey. <laughs> um, but uh, just another quick PSA. Uh, we need people to, you know, message us on our email and on our Twitter accounts and follow us on Twitter at US, uh, at, uh, sorry, at uh, Reds of the West 1 on Twitter and Reds of the West on Facebook. We need followers. And then also you can email us at Reds of the West at gmail.com. Um, also, you can rate us on iTunes. That would be a huge help. It you helps. Go and give us a five star review and find us little... more organically. Yeah, that's that the one. Organic. Yeah. Organic. Anyway, you got anything else to add, brother? No. Uh, thank you guys so much if you've tuned in, like Brandon said, to this point. Y'all are amazing human beings. Uh, tell a friend about us. And that's all I've got. Well, we'll catch you on the flip side. We will catch you all on the flippity flip. We are in stoppage.
the flippity flip.